Welcome to episode four of You But Funny. It's Kev Rogers here along with my man, Max Ham. What's up, Max? How you doing, brother? Good, bro. Good to be back and rocking right along. Hopefully, if you've been listening to all the episodes, you're getting a lot from this. You're starting to really see how comics think, how comedic material develops. This is just one framework. Of course, there are many, but this is one you can really interject into any talk you give, any video, all kinds of places, obviously audio. It's in any marketing message. Even if you're not going for the funny, this is a really powerful framework, the four Ps that you can use. That was in episode three. We've talked a lot about persona, how important that is. And so that fourth P, of course, is the punchline. And so Max did a cool thing when we started putting together the four Ps. Max went out into the big wide world there and said, where where do we see opportunities, missed opportunities for comedy all the time? And Max, a great place you found was in TED Talks. That's right. As you know, TED Talks is one of the most popular speech platforms on the internet. And one thing that, that really stuck out to me was how the most popular and most viewed talks were all funny. They had a lot mm -hmm. of humor in them. So I was like, okay, let me go in there and see what's happening in those talks that are funny and compare them to those that are not funny. And lo and behold, we, you and I were, were working out the formula at the time, and it, it, it fit like a glove. And, and that's what we're going to break down right now. We're going to show you a couple of clips, how, how the clips that had humor used the four Ps, and how the speakers who didn't use the four Ps missed the punchline. And we're going to go a step further and help them write the punchline. Yeah, this is great. And so again, you can find all this at copychief.com forward slash funny, copychief.com forward slash funny. This is where we have clips you can watch and lots more examples in our main training that you'll uh, learn about over there as well. And Max, you know, it's one of these things where it, even when we talk about the context of a funny TED Talk, it, I think it's comforting to watch those and go, well, they're funny, but there, it's not like you have to become a stand-up all of a sudden, right? And, and we've been talking all along about how this is about you being funny in your natural self, like really discovering what is funny about you, and when, uh, and, and not having, not forcing it. You don't, you don't want forced humor. That's never a good thing, right? You got to be yourself, but funny. One thing I recommend to people who ask me, you know, I, I want to be funny, but I, I don't want to embarrass myself or I just have no idea where I'd begin. I always say, well, who's the comic that you think you're, is the most like you, right? Some famous comic where you go, okay, if I, if I had to go up and, and do, say, like somebody else's act, a famous comic, if I was challenged with doing a five-minute tribute to them, right? Which of course is not allowed, by the way, you can't like go to an open mic and do <laughs> another comics act. But let's just say somebody challenged you to go up at the next, you know, office retreat or something and do, you know, what comic is it that you feel like you could pull off and then just study that comic, their cadence, their rhythm, their timing. And that'll be a great way to, you know, start to tune into your own organic humor. Yeah, exactly. And, and you and I always talk about how Tastes in comedy are objective anyway. So my funny may not be your funny, might not be her funny. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, when you figure out your persona, you start to attract people with that same sense of humor. And it all works out. Absolutely. So 
let's listen to some of these, um, a couple of TED Talk clips. These are really short, but again, you're going to see, and this is what's cool about the four Ps. Now that you know these, you will start to see them everywhere. And again, I don't think it'll ruin comedy for you. You'll, you'll be even more intrigued when you start watching stand-up now. This is just like if you ever read a book on script writing, it only enhances the movie-going experience because you're sort of aware of, of what's happening in the movie and you can think a little bit about choices the writer made or the director made. And to me, it just enhances the experience because you feel you're kind of watching on two levels and enjoying it on two levels if it's good. And so that's what the four P's will do for you with comedy. So let's talk about these clips, these TED clips. And Max, I know you, you found these. And let's talk about the first one, Brene Brown, like you said, one of the most watched and revered because she gets some big laughs during it. Yeah. So Brene Brown has arguably the most popular TED Talk right now. It's called The Power of Vulnerability. And she's the author of the book, The Gifts of Imperfection. And you'll notice that all her speeches incorporate a lot of humor, but she does it in a way where she leaves a lot of space for her message to be taken seriously. Mm. So it's not a stand-up comedy act and it's not a serious lecture either. It's a nice hybrid of both. And we're going to play the clip right now. There's a bit there from the speech or talk power vulnerability, and then we're going to break it down together using our four piece formula. All right, here's Brene Brown. So I found a therapist. My first meeting with her, Diana, I brought in my list of the way the wholehearted live. And I sat down and she said, you know, how are you? And I said, I'm struggling. And she said, what's the struggle? And I said, well, I have a vulnerability issue. And, you know, and I know that vulnerability is kind of the core of shame and fear and our struggle for worthiness, but it appears that it's also the birthplace of joy, of creativity, of belonging, of love, and I, I think I have a problem. And I just, I need some help. And I said, but here's the thing, no family stuff, no childhood shit, I just, <laughs> I just need some strategies. <laughs> awesome, okay. So Max, what do you hear going on in that clip? First of all, that was a hearty laugh. You hear that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's the first thing that you notice. It's not just, oh yeah, we're chuckling along. That's a that's a big belly laugh. That's bonding right there. You, you can't you can't do that elsewhere. People are bent over, they're looking at each other, it might be elbowing the person next to them. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of good feeling going on. Might have spilled some beer if they allow liquor. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. In the uh, so <laughs> so let's let's take a look at the uh, four P's in action here. So Brene's persona is established in her opening statement. She says, so I found a therapist. So now the audience knows that she's a woman about to experience her first psychotherapy session. Mm. And now the premise, which as we talked about, is a little bit of a backstory about what's going on. So she says, I have a vulnerability issue and I know it's the core of fear and the struggle for worthiness. Mm. So now she's given us context about a therapy visit. The audience is now empathizing with somebody who's wrestling with their inner thoughts, like most of us do. So that's another notch up that bonding and empathy ladder. And then we go to her position within the premise. I think I have a problem. I need some help. And Kevin, you and I talked about in a previous episode how putting yourself as the victim in mm. the joke is, is a way to position yourself within the premise 
that's 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 easy to do. Yep. So you're using the first person I here. Yep. And then she uses misdirection in the end with a punchline. So I need some help. But here's the thing. No family stuff. No childhood shit. I just need some strategies. <laughs> and then, you know, it came out of left field. The audience didn't right. expect it. They're like, this is a serious topic. Let's, you know. And right. Boom. And, the laugh comes. Yeah. And it's a great um, example of it doesn't have to be a yada, yada, yada punchline to, to get a great laugh. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's very organic for her. And you really, you, 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 this is a great moment where you go from feeling like, all right, this person's sort of spilling her guts to me. And there's a, like you said, a big message here and a deeper point to this. And then all of a sudden she takes this turn that you don't expect. And you just feel like you're hanging out with a friend instantly yeah. because she's just so honest in that moment. Right. It, it's such a, it, like you said, a huge laugh and a, an amazing bonding moment. Yeah. And um, the, the beauty is that the tension is already there. So like you said, we don't have to, go all out with a punchline here just a, a, a nice slight punchline will get a big laugh in those moments of tension there yeah fantastic that's a great great point max that you know comedy is the release of tension right mm -hmm. it's surprise it's it's like any good story has got to have tension for you to care a joke a simple you know priest and a rabbi walk into a bar well this is our, there's already some tension here because there's a priest and a rabbi. Are they at odds? Are they together? Are they right? Yeah. You know, there's so many things that could happen there, but without that tension, it's just not interesting. So, all right, great. So now let's listen to a clip where there's a great opportunity, total four P's in effect, but fourth P negated, ignored, stymied. So let's listen to uh, an otherwise fine talk by Jonathan Levi titled, What If Schools Taught Us How to Learn? All during this time, I had decided to take a little vacation from my medication, and yet somehow I was learning more effectively than ever before. When I took these skills out into the real world during my MBA, I saw just how life-changing and impactful they were. And so some of the first things that I applied them to after graduation were how to create online courses and how to publish books how to manage a podcast, how to give a public lecture or talk. All right, great. So Jonathan Levi right there. And it's just, you know, Max, you and I are comics. And so these are the moments where we're like, ah, oh, it's coming. Here it comes, right? Like yeah. our, 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 you know, spidey sense is all over, is all in alert. And then woof, nothing. And yeah, you're like, our, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> our man Jonathan held out on us, man. <laughs> <laughs> so we did him the favor of writing a uh, punchline for him, but Max, take us through the, the setup now. Yeah, so notice uh, when you guys see the clip on the page at the end, end of the episode, you're going to see that, you know, Jonathan's persona is he's this tech entrepreneur and he's giving people tips on how to run a business and, and how to take their knowledge and skills into the real world. So you kind of get a glimpse of what he's about, but then he opens it up with a statement saying, you know, I decided to take a little vacation from my medication. So now we identify him as a guy with a medical condition. And then the premise or the backstory of his bit was that somehow I was learning more effectively than ever before. So now we know that he struggled with learning before, but now he's getting better. And his position within that premise, he says that when I took my skills into the real world, I saw how life-changing and impactful they were. 
So now he starts applying his new learning skills and now he's making some discoveries about how powerful they are. And now he sets up his conclusion and I call it conclusion because it's nowhere near a punchline. Some of the first things I apply them to, how to create online courses, how to publish books, how to manage a podcast, how to give a lecture. You know, it's, it's a logical sequence. And yeah. Kev, you and I know, when you, when you set up a list like that, that's just begging oh, for begging. comedy there. Yeah, it's begging. just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> you get a triple waiting to happen. You get, oh, it's just like, no comic in the world would let this moment go by. Yeah, so uh, how dare you. <laughs> how dare you. Gosh, you worked so hard to get to this moment. Right. And yeah. so, and just a little side note, if you give talks, um, uh, you probably have moments like this in your in some of your your speeches, and uh, we're going to show you now how there could have been a great uh, punchline here, just you know something subtle, but would have had the same effect Brene's talk did of catching people off guard and really bringing them in and creating a bonding moment. So, Max, do that same little closing there conclusion if he'd have had a punchline. Yeah, and, and notice the tension's there. So, again, we emphasize that it doesn't have to be a punchline that blows people out of the water. It mm. can be simple. Something like, so he goes, some of the first things I applied them to, how to create online courses, how to publish books, and how to hack your neighbor's Tesla so it drives you to work. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And, and notice it's, it's, uh, it correlates to his persona. He's a tech guy, and you, you bring in the Tesla and the whole yeah. fiasco about Tesla's being self-driving cars and people trying to hack them. It's, it's a funny bit, but you know, it doesn't have to be killer, but right. the audience it, won't expect it. Exactly right. It's not Nickelodeon. They don't have to dump slime on his head to, yeah. to get a laugh. You know, he, it's, <laughs> he's just, but it's, it's a funny line and uh, it's the kind of thing where we go, boy, if, if this guy would have checked with us, <laughs> we could have read his speech. It, and of course, we could have given him five, 10 options for that punchline. But the point is that the opportunity was just sitting there, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. about waking up this part of your, your brain to the opportunity, and then you can make the choice. But you should never not know that you had a choice to, to have a really funny line in a moment like that. Because as we see with speeches that are funny and do get laughs it's just night and day and how they're received yeah give us a call jonathan we'll hook you up man yeah i hope, <laughs> I hope somebody tells you about this them dudes was talking about you and how you ain't funny <laughs> all right great so that was it for today a nice short one and just to give you some examples again where you want to be is copychief.com forward slash funny copychief.com forward slash funny that's where you go to get all the goodies associated with this training. And so in the next episode, Max, we're going to talk about exactly where you can use all this stuff, give you some more examples of places you can get big emotion, emotional impact and do some serious bonding with laughter. That's right. Let's do it. See you there.